So this is another episode of the Sales Confidence Podcast. My name's James Ski. I'm the CEO and founder of Sales Confidence. And today, I'm very fortunate to have the wonderful Neil Clark, Sales Director of Air Marketing. How are you doing today, Neil? I'm very well. Huge amount of imposter syndrome. So uh, but thank you for having me on. Oh, you'll be absolutely fine. Just relax into it and enjoy yourself. So <laughs> thank you. Let's kick, it, let's kick this off. Um, first question today is, what, what are you most excited about at the moment? Uh, I'm mo- most excited probably about the midterm um, that, that we're, we're working on uh, within, within air marketing. So I think on a daily basis, it's about the unknown. We know there's, there's a natural pattern or meeting pattern, but the people that I'm working with, I just know we're going to throw up creative ideas, ways to get around things. So it's the, it's the midterm vision of yeah. our business, the growth um, that really excites me. I think that showing someone where the horizon is and what it looks like, whether it's me or the rest of the business is so important. It You're focusing on that point. It's like driving the car. You're focused on the horizon, not, not on the bit of road right in front of you. Love that. Exciting. So we're going to start this conversation learning a bit more about you. Then we're going to find out about air. We're going to talk about where you get your confidence from um, and keen to learn more about you as an individual and who you are behind the role that you have at air. Um, just to kick things off, though, what's, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? The first thing that goes through my mind is what's on today, because um, trying to continually design space in diary hasn't worked so far. My, my New Year's resolution was give myself more time for thinking and, and to actually let some things just percolate. So the first thing that comes through is what's, got, what's the day got? Um, where, where have I got to be on calls? What, what have I got to handle? That's, that's the first thing that comes through my mind. Gotcha. Um, um, as a leader, you know, you're responsible for numerous bodies throughout air marketing. I wonder where, where do you get your motivation from and your inspiration from to be the, the leader that you are? I think I think there's probably a healthy amount of having worked with some really good people um, that kind of want to, you just see how driven, how successful they are, but also pretty modest in that they take a team along with them. So um, it's about being, you know, half as good or taking some of those attributes from the people that I've worked with in the past. Honestly, I think it's down to a little bit of family pride. It's it's knowing that I've got two daughters, partner, everything like that. It's it's doing a good job. It's kind of that old-fashioned work ethic, isn't it? As if you go in and do a good job, that. put in a good day. So I think I think the motivation is to just keep doing and try, you know, trying as hard as I can, applying myself as much as I can, and and just keep testing the boundaries. Love that. That's a great. Um, way to respect the family values and represent yourself in the strongest light. Very cool. Um, do you remember your first experience of sales? I can remember my, I can tell you about my first sales role and actually how I, how I got to it, which is I started off working in a finance team as a, as a business improvement analyst. So I was a business analyst first in, in and around finance 
then I was in uh, more of a, a commercial team before going into um, into sales and business development. I, I, I'm not one of those that can say I fell into it. I, I always thought that the salespeople, um, I think when I was younger, they had company cars, they were in and out, they, they, they looked smart, they kind of had a certain swagger about them. And I think you kind of look up from your desk and think, oh, they, they look like they're, um, they're, that, that's the place I'd like to be. Absolutely thinking, but I don't think I've got what it takes to get there. But just push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. So my first sales job was in a, a print and marketing agency. Um, and it was more a bit of an ABM, what would now term as ABM, but it was managing some key clients, new business and, and just pushing up sales and cross sales. So that was my first role in sales. I, I didn't start off on a sales pathway or necessarily go into it. Um, I always say I'm more of a marketeer than I am a salesperson. Um, I'm not sure you can actually differentiate the two if you're out there um, putting yourself forward. Yeah, absolutely. Did you manage to get the company car? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Well, I think before I got the company car, I was allowed to jump into the works van. So I think, <laughs> I think there, was a, there was a certain amount of have to um, have to go through go through the the basis. The, the, no, the first car I had was a Renault Megane. Um, mm. And I was I was living in a funny, a, a, a not not the best part of of the town I was living in because I couldn't afford to, and I think because I was quite smartly dressed in a relatively new car, I only realised that I wasn't given any bother because they just assumed I was a plain clothes police officer. In fact, somebody <laughs> put the room around that ah oh, he's plain clothes. He's been put into this street to keep an eye on us. So. <laughs> I was there going out. It's not a bad area, you know. Everyone's really nice, but they just assumed someone. <laughs> love, so, yeah. love that. So, thinking about the journey that you've been on in your career through sales, what what do you think's made you successful at each stage of your career? I think that's a tricky one, and 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 the honest answer is. There's been different criteria at each role, but I think overall it's understanding the motivations, the requirements of either my line manager or the business requirements and process. So so I know people say, oh, you know, behave and live for your next role, but I don't think that was me. I think it was an understanding of what does our managing director what do we need to do as a business? How do we how do we get us there? Not what's the quickest pathway for commission or bonus or or to hit my quota. What's going to move us on? And I think understanding the motivations of the wider business has been something I probably have had ticking in in cogs. You bring in a bad client, and they're going to be they're going to create a load of noise, move a load of resource. So. So understanding what's right, how to how to sustainably build um, businesses is 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 long term, and that's what's going to get you into that strategic seat. That's what's going to move you along that path if you're doing that and not making short term decisions based on quota. You're making decisions based on that. I think I was probably in a slightly less aggressively monitored world. You know, I 
I hadn't worked in the white heat of HubSpot or Outreach or Salesforce as far as rep performance management. So I've been pretty lucky. I don't know how well I've responded to that. You know, it's, it's hugely transparent. It's hugely reg regimented in, in league tables or performance tables. So I've probably been lucky in that I've, I've bought myself the time to succeed and probably seen things as not just short-term goals, but how do I take, I've probably seen every job I've had as being at least a two-year thing to get my head around, um, do it well, and consistently do it well. Great, great. So moving on a little bit about your company, it'd be nice to learn a bit more about air marketing. Can you just give us an overview? What what does air offer as a service offering? What what does air um, provide in the marketplace? Uh, we so we're, we're a sales and marketing agency. We we provide um, outsourced teams, outs a blend of resource for for demand generation lead generation whether that be marketing performance marketing or or business development you know we we will support companies who are on growth plans and looking to scale so that we can either align with their SDRs and their their business development or we provide it we we provide it and it's given the amount of <laughs> additional support whether it's our data and insight crm management that kind of thing it's 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 a really nice service to provide the marketing agency i think there's a lot of marketing agencies but not many that would really see themselves as being that top of funnel i think we we provide the full business development funnel and we can provide the top bit middle bit or bottom we or all of it depending on what uh, a client's needs are what markets they're in, what verticals they want to do. It's, um, yeah, everyone's different. There, is, there isn't a cookie cutter, you know, here's the license, you get three seats, off you go. It's, uh, it's a co-created strategy with our clients. But you can cater and create those solutions depending on the needs of the client and the problems yeah. you're trying to solve for them. Um, and ultimately, you're driving business, you're driving revenue for these companies, which must be quite an exciting part to be in, in terms of the front edge of driving revenues for companies. Yeah, we, I always say it feels like we, we are, we're, we're the outbound, uh, we're the outbound channels, but if it's one channel, you know, outbound lead gen of, of whether that's conversations, calling, um, but probably the bit that most clients, including us, find most difficult to get right um so yeah we we do the bit that everyone else f finds difficult the the inbound and other bits we uh tend to be catered for by by our clients and referrals of course are we work with a lot of um seed series a b um that are looking to you know once they've got investment and investment is driving growth um that's something that is is not you can't have an establishing year or you can't have a single digit growth year you've got to run so so i think we're there to support an immediate need yeah it's, i like that i think we feel the pressure but we rise to it yeah i mean you're you're definitely as i say to owen quite often you're doing the grunt work you're doing the hard work 
that not everybody else can achieve and you're doing it well, which is a testament to the service offering that you've created there, which is great. Um, what You've been there a year now, you were telling me. What, what's the fundamental DNA of AIR that makes it a special place to work? Um, I, think, I think a lot of businesses have flat management structures, but I think AIR is a rarity in that that, that, that then translates into collaboration. So I think the one thing I found is that, um, you know, when I say I'm excited about the unknown today is I know that someone in our team is going to come up with something which will either potentially change, change the business for the better, whether that's a little small tweak that we can do, whether it's insight into data that we know in a landscape we can, we can take to clients and say, Hey, we've, we've, got a really nice way about it so it's absolutely built on the foundations that um owen richards uh, founded which is about it being a collaborative and i think i can't point to culture because culture is the byproduct but i think the culture is very closely protected by the people we bring into the business love that um where where is air in this next phase of growth where's the ambition of the company where are you taking things now you're in role and ramping up um and accelerating growth so uh, the, the the short answer is up and out we see we see um growth potential in doing what we do more um we see it being out there's there's adjacent opportunities within our market that we can um and that will probably buy by bringing in some really um exceptional people which we've done over the past um few months in addition to to the ones that are, are always in are already in there we are looking at other opportunities that where we are seeing ourselves as providing sales and development support it's not just in telemarketing it's not just in marketing services it's in it's in much more so um there's lots in the pipeline i think naturally there'll be a few things that that take longer than we think to 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 grow and 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 to do that and to to build a sustainable pathway both in employee career development and also in business development i think that um you know we're we're not funded we're we're bootstrapped so it's about sustainability and and building that growth without breaking something and i think you know businesses always talk about how brilliant they are and put rocket ships on on linkedin posts but it's got to be sustainable because you can you can keep breaking it every every 12 months you just gotta you just gotta keep rebuilding it and that's that's tiresome. That's such an important term, being sustain sustainable growth as an individual. You know, you can push yourself, um, but if you do it beyond a limit, then you can burn out. So it needs to be sustainable as an individual. But as a company, to your point, you need that sustainable growth so you don't go off too far on a tangent and crash and burn and damage a certain area of your business. So I love that phrase. Like I often use sustainable growth as a, as a phrase. I think it's great. Spot on. Um, so talking a bit about sales um, in a bit more depth, is there a book that's had impact on your career? 
Can I throw a curveball? You can throw a curveball. Go for it. Thinking about this and thinking about because uh, you, you shared a couple of questions beforehand, just so you weren't like you weren't being told. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I read Topsy and Tim in nursery, and that stayed with me. It's so I'm not proud of this one, but it, it made me think differently. So when I was when I was I guess late teens, early twenties. Um, me and a few friends got wind of this book called The Game by Neil Strauss about how to chat up people. And, and that was all we thought of at that point. Now, terrible book. I'm not the one I'm going to advocate. But it, what it told me is if you keep doing the same thing in the same way, you're going to get the same results, which young me was about going out and, and having a few drinks and, and having a good time. It was a psychology. It was how you can, how you think about things. So it wasn't, it's not a business book. It just got me completely flipping it around and saying, right, how do we, you know, negative selling about not being too desperate to sell. And I think I fell into that trap of thinking, well, the more I, the more I call you, James, and the more I do, and the, the more I kind of, you know, dance in front of you, the more likely you are to step towards me. And you think, that's not the case at all. You need to build, you know, a reason for someone to step towards you or to lean in closer and say, sorry, what, what did you say? Did I catch you right? And, and that's the book that probably gave me that little bit of, of a kind of a new way of thinking about things. Can I tell you, myself and my friends completely appallingly implemented it and uh, it didn't work, but some of that stuff just stayed with me in psychology and the psychology of of need, desire, creating curiosity. That's funny. I, I mean, I have to admit, I was an advocate for the game um, <laughs> in my twenties as well. And I just, you've just brought back some flashes of memories of some disaster nights out with my pals. Um, but a really interesting read and really interesting world that they opened up. Um, you know, with some scrupulous approaches in there, but no doubt um, one to remember. Very interesting. Ter um, terrible book. Not one I'm going to put on my, on my top reads. Yeah. But there was a few, but it just suddenly made me think about things completely differently when I hadn't been into psychology or anything like that. It had been fairly straight line. Young yeah. me thought, to do more, I've just got to turn up the volume on everything. And, that, and, and it suddenly made me think about work maybe further down the track maybe not then maybe i was too too immature and naive to to understand that but it's about looking back and thinking actually there's some there's some pieces out of there look there's brilliant sales books out of there i just wanted to throw a curveball in yeah we like it we take it um so what what's what's the attributes of some of the best salespeople that you've come across where have you seen some of the best salespeople? um <sighs> I've got, I've got two people that spring to mind, um, and of them, they, the attributes they share is hard work, integrity, and I have to say, just talent. I think, I think you can try and teach things, you can try and do as much. So the very best I've worked with have had a, just an incredible work ethic that you can't program. 
And yeah. uh, I, I didn't have it earlier on in my career, have got absolute integrity. And I think someone said, someone said to me early on, you know, being, being the difference between a good and great salesperson isn't how slick your patter is. It's doing what you say you're going to do. And, and that, you know, I was one of those, have as many conversations as quickly, then apologize a week later because I haven't sent a proposal or I've been too busy doing something. And someone just said, do what you what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it, and that'll, that, that will do that. So, yeah, there's a couple of people who, who are really just really scream of being incredible salespeople, none of which are kind of card-carrying sales professionals they just they just are good at what they do through through kind of they just exude it love it um where where do you see or what have you noticed about sales and where it's going where do you see the future of sales going i, I think it's going to be blended in that that we've got got so many data points and so many ways of measuring and 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 trying to think i think it's going to be and i think it's going to be polarized I think there's going to be a the difference between um, I'm going to say good or bad. Obviously, there's a, there's a spectrum along that, but we can see we see it called out on LinkedIn, which I don't think is particularly fair. You know, some pretty you know straight up automated sequences, SDRs, BDEs following following those approaches, following their step sequences. And I think the best people are going to be ones that that can sell with authenticity. And it's how companies find that blend of, well, of course, we're going to use the best technology and the best tools at our disposal. Why wouldn't we? But we're going to give our true, talented salespeople the breadth and the, the room to be authentic and... I've seen some, you know, really good people thinking if you step away from this script or if you step away from this, you are, you know, going to be exceptionally good if if people can actively listen more and respond and actually know I'm going to I'm going to need to take my time with James because, you know, I've listened to what he said and what I can't do is say, oh, he told me to give him, you know, those callbacks and things like that. So I think I think it's going to be one where I hate to see that we've outsourced sales and the future of sales all in tech, all in, all in that, that concept. It's a great tool, but it's not going to do the selling for you. Yeah, totally understand that. Um, moving into a bit about yourself and like where you get your confidence from, um, where, where do you get your confidence to do what you do? Where, where do you find confidence in being the person that you are? Um, I, I don't know. I guess it, it, it's, it's because I'm probably curious um, to understand other areas. So I think my confidence comes with knowing quite a bit about our business. I mean, I, I have to now in my role... But in general, what does what does a business do? Why? What does everybody do in and around it? And 
I think knowing that and having that deeper understanding gives gave me gives me the confidence to to talk. I think the having that active curiosity to ask lots more questions. I'm more interested in you than I am about telling you about me, um, yeah. which is weird for an interview. But you know, generally, generally, I like to find out a lot more about people. Um, and well, I'm, that's I'm a pretty open book, so I, I'm not I'm not one that people go. I didn't know anything about him, but I've told him a life story. Um, it it's I think it's just having that natural rapport. Probably being quite a social creature um, helps. Um, yeah. no, so I, like I think that. That, that's probably me. I think yeah, curiosity. If you're inherently curious, you can draw out information and insights from people. And you're good at building rapport because by being curious, you have to listen. And so to listen, it means that you're drawing out an understanding of the person that you're interacting with. And if you can gain that knowledge and insight, that gives you confidence. So totally agree with that. I um, mean, James, I, I, you know, I, I tell my partner that I've done so much listening in the day. That's why I, I forgot to listen to her when she told me something <laughs> important, but she doesn't buy it. No, uh, you have to work a bit harder on that one. Um, when during your career have you experienced and overcome some hardship where you've had to, um, yeah, overcome some difficulty that's allowed you to then move forward positively? Uh, so I think the one I've, I've used it, um, at air a couple of times. And I think that whether this, whether this shows you being, me being, you know, too open or, or not, I don't know. But sort of earlier on, I think when I was working in a in a in a sort of a sales team, and the sales and the business wasn't where it needed to be. It was, it, it, you know, we needed more sales, you know, more client, more turnover to sustain the business in its current state. So I've I've been there trying everything I physically can working, you know, too many hours, trying desperately not to be, you know, too needy to, 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 to try and bring clients thinking, oh, if I, if I go for a, we really need this sale, people are just going to move away. And, 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 and that's not how to do it. And I think I've, I've had a period in time, which I think you never, you you don't want to repeat again. And that's where you kind of that people say about fail fast or you get more lessons from losing than you do from winning. And you get, I'm not so sure I can, can point at that, but I would generally nod along and say, look, we as a team and I tried everything we possibly could to try and affect um, the business. And that, that was really tough, really tough. Um, and I think you suddenly realise that sometimes you've got lots of lots of external and internal stakeholders around the success of the of the sales engine and, and the business, some of which you control and some of which you need to invest in 12 months before you get to the problem. Um, yeah. We were trying to solve a problem when it was a problem. And uh, that's the that's the marketing bit and the sales bit that, that where we're so passionate about that pipeline, you know. Where do you anticipate you need to hit that growth now? Oh, 
it's going to take us six months to build your pipeline and get to a point where you're, where you're knocking in outbound. Um, yeah, you, you've got to be realistic with expectation management um, yeah. and understanding what you can achieve from it. Okay, well, um, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Um, what? How do you manage your own health and well-being? What do you do to manage your own health and well-being? Um, I am outside of work. Um, two things. Um one of which has slipped a bit this year, but we'll pick up again. Um, so two, three, or well, probably three or four years ago, actually, I got into running just as a way of getting out, getting away from things. It's, it's you know, it's a solo thing. And I almost found by accident, I thought I'll go for a run. I'll come back and I've got the solutions to a couple of challenges I've got. Actually, I found I go for a run and just it was it was much more meditative than I thought it was. And I lost weight. So it was like, like double, double, uh, a double positive. And that's, you know, that's, you know, two, three, four hours a week. The rest of the time, I'm just totally absorbed in um, in my girls and family. I. Uh, again, a bit of a gripe, I'm not. Mr. DIY or practical because I just I just say, you know, whether it's evenings or weekends, I will devote them to the girls. That's that's where we do stuff. So um, trying not to spoil, but just to give them time. Yeah. Go and do go and do the real small bits. I I was only saying this morning uh, to one of one of uh, my colleagues that you wouldn't recognise me outside work at a weekend because. I'm not governed by a watch. I'm most happy when we're walking around a field and just yeah. being silly. And my weekend is not compartmentalized by half hour, 45 minute or hour increments, you know, lots of blocks in a calendar. So that that's how I get away from it is probably to go completely away from it. Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, your, your laugh at this. I had a DIY, a DIY project. I, I recently bought a new um wardrobe and i expected it to come in like parts but every single piece needed to be stuck together and drilled together and i'm talking like every nth degree of detail needed a pin or needed a nail and it was an absolute nightmare took me three days to get through it because it was so stressful so i can relate diy is not my strong point i've got soft hands for a reason much better for cold calling than they are for um doing diy (laughs) Um, absolutely so um and also you know i appreciate switching off at the weekends as well i've got three children um so i know what it's like to have kids running around and you're right i try my best to completely disconnect step away from my phone um and i like the point around not being governed by the watch because in the week it's back to back you know as soon as we wrap up this podcast we have calls and you're back to back during the day and so just not having to be tied to time is really good for your well-being. Um, this is a question. It's a new question that I've started to ask because I've wanted to help um, individuals think about their finance and how they're spending their commission and bonuses. So do you invest your bonuses and commission into any certain areas or what do you do with your commission checks over the last few years? Well, <laughs> You've got two kids. That's the answer. Can, can, can we say straight off the bat, 
that I am absolutely not the best person to ask this question to. When I look back before children and wonder what the hell happened to the money that's gone through my bank account, <laughs> I, I genuinely think they would have thought I was laundering it because it is just, I, I was not good at finances. If I had it, I'd spend it. I'd be, I'd be going after some of the more, you know, whatever that may be, real social uh, person. So now it's, um, it's just, yeah, absolutely. It's on the family. So of that, I think it's, it's making sure that that investment I've not, you know, massively lumped into anything like pension wise or anything. I think the investment I've made is in, is in property in, as in not a property portfolio, but here's the house, make it better. Let's make sure that that is an asset. Um, and, and yeah, just, just, I think I'm, again, it's not good, not good advice to give, but my, my mentality is that the, the job sometimes carries a reasonable amount of, of responsibility and, and stress as a result of that. I don't want to get to a point where my kids have left home and we haven't gone out and done good experiences and, uh, and have, and have got that point of, um, so probably over invest in, in, in stuff for the family, whether it's experiences, holidays, those kind of things. And that's, that's great downtime. I can't say I'm giving them what I didn't have because that 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 sounds like you're trying to paint a rags to riches story. That's not the case at all. We grew up grew up in a wonderful household. Probably didn't want for much, but you always try and level up, don't you? You always want to give your kids that that bit that you that you kind of yearn for or wished for. So, um, yeah, probably not got as many savings as I should have, but we've done an awful lot. My eldest is ten. In, and since we've had her and pre previous to that, I don't think as much we haven't done, if that makes any sense. So creating memories ultimately in your family, which is wonderful. Um, so our last final question is um, just do you have any final thoughts that you would want to impart with the audience? Could be related to air, could be some individual advice, something that you would want to part in um, as that, you know, as people get to the end of this, interview and they're like i like neil i want to learn more um anything else that you could add at the end here um no i don't want to move into into territory where i believe my own bullshit i just i think um follow you know follow a path that you that that, that you're enjoying um it's not always designed to be good fun and some bits some bits are hard um and i think it's difficult. Most of my learnings have been looking back and realizing what, why I was doing something or why there was something. Have have a have a healthy dose of both um, ambition and patience. Know that you're not going to learn or do something overnight. Um, no, if you've got to this part in this recording, then you have my sincere condolences. <laughs> you've done well. We like that. Well, Neil, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Um, you're doing some great things for Air, and Air is really going in the right direction at the moment. So, if you haven't checked out Air Marketing online um, and learn more about their outsource SDR and marketing services, um, I'm James Gee. I'm the host of the Sales Confidence Podcast. Neil, 
Thank you for being on here today. And I look forward to catching up with you at our next event. Pleasure. Thank you, James.